You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Everybody, hope you're doing well. We are in the fourth part of our series, Word to the Wise. We have been looking at some different principles found in the book of Proverbs. If you've missed anything, you can find that on the previous episodes of the podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a really fun subject uh, called pride. Pride is not something that many of us like to think about because we all have our own prideful tendencies, and we don't like to admit that, but that's probably the pride talking. Proverbs is full of passages about pride. Solomon wanted his descendants to know how big a part it could play in their lives if they weren't careful. And I think one of the first questions that we have to ask is, where does pride come from? Where does pride come from? At a base level, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12 says this, do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So here's the thing. Pride comes from an extreme focus on self. Pride comes from an extreme focus on self. Listen, we're all guilty of this, right? We can all have a tendency to think about ourselves and our own life far more than we think of others and the lives that they are living, or far more than we really think about God and the calling that we have on our lives. And when we do not get that in check, we become prideful people, people who think of ourselves first. We don't want to to, to be wise in our own eyes. If we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, it is important that we are focused on making Jesus proud of us, not having unhealthy pride in ourselves. And it's a fine line and it's a lifelong uh, working out of figuring out what it means to live a life of, of having pride in Jesus and who he's called us to be, but not being pride filled. And so we're going to try to answer some of the questions that will hopefully set us on the right trajectory. But here's the problem. Pride pushes us past our perceived need of instruction. Pride pushes us past our perceived need of instruction. If we forget that we are pursuing the heart of God first and foremost, that's what we become. We become people who think that they have no need of instruction. What we want to be is people who are pursuing the heart of God, not pursuing what we think is best, right? Being those people who are wise in our own eyes. One of the ways that we fight pride in our lives is always having a posture of a learner, that we would understand that I don't know everything and I never will. So I need to always have a posture of there's always something to learn. Psalm chapter 10 verse 4 says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. So in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. So in our pride, we tend to not seek Jesus. So first and foremost, we want to seek instruction and learning from God. We should be diving into his word regularly and approaching him in prayer regularly. We have to understand that Jesus will always have a better answer than we can come up with by ourselves. We need to be people of a posture that say, Lord, you always have something to teach me. It doesn't matter how long I've lived. It doesn't doesn't matter how many times I have experienced this specific thing. I always have something to learn. Secondly, we need to be people who are open to what other people have to say. Now, I'm not saying that the conclusions that we have come up with in our own lives are always going to be obsolete to the conclusions that other people have come up up with. That is not what I'm saying at all. But this might come to a shock to some of us. We don't know everything about everything. And even when we do know a lot about something, someone probably knows more. So we need to be people who learn from God, but also learn from others. We need to be people who are making a commitment to always being curious 
learners. Yes, constantly seeking the heart of God, constantly saying like, Lord, what do you have to speak to me? What do you have to teach me? But also being open to the ideas of others whom God created, who are vessels of his wisdom and his knowledge, and that he has created them differently than us. And so there is something that we can learn from one another. We would always have a posture of learning. That is so important that we have a posture of learning. Also, we should want to be defined by humility, not pride. C.S. Lewis, famous theologian, many of us have read some of his things, makes the assessment that humility can be identified in the lives of people, not by how much they think of other people, but how much they, how little they think of themselves. So humility is the opposite of pride. If pride is an extreme focus on self, humility is the opposite of that. It is, it is, Fighting against the human tendency to have an extreme focus on self. The pursuit of living humbly will take us far away from self-focus. To being people who always think about others and how God is moving and working through their lives as well. We need to make a concerted effort not to be about ourselves, which goes against our humanity. We are so drawn to focusing on us. That's why we get to humbly submit those broken parts of our lives to God and ask him to give us the ability to reorient ourselves towards others and towards God. So what's the why? Why do we avoid pride? Proverbs chapter 16 verse 5 says, Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. So pride is detestable to the Lord. Detestable is a very strong word. That is not something that we like to read. It's not something that I like to preach about. Like pride is detestable to the Lord. This in and of itself should be enough reason to avoid pride. I don't want to be a part of anything that the Lord detests, right? And I'm sure you don't want to be a part of anything that the Lord detests either. But here's the thing. Often we will see the word heart attached to passages on pride because it's truly this like internal issue that we have to deal with, that pride originates inside of who we are. Oftentimes the exterior uh, perception of pride is only seen after a root of pride has really grown and, and really taken root in our lives. But why does God hate pride? Why does God detest pride? I think there's a plethora of reasons. I truly do. But I think that we can find a few in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. And then we're going to kind of walk through these rapid fire. So it says this. It says, In the same way you who are younger be, su- younger, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then it says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. So here's the thing. Pride dishonors the might of God. Pride dishonors the might of God, right? It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Put yourself under the mighty hand of God. But when you are prideful, when I am prideful, we are not allowing ourselves to submit to the mighty hand of God. Humility causes us to submit to his might and to his power. What we want to be is not prideful, but humble, being people who submit to God. So pride dishonors the might of God. Secondly, pride destroys us as people. Pride destroys us. God's heart for us, our, his people is to see them exalted. So it says submit under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, so that he may exalt you. But if we don't submit, if we don't have humility, if we have pride, we don't, don't put ourselves under the mighty hand of God, what happens is that we destroy ourselves because we miss out on the exaltation of God, that he wants to lift us up. But instead, we are putting ourselves in our own avenue of pride instead of putting ourselves under the hand of God. So pride dishonors the might of God. Pride destroys us. Thirdly, pride ruins our peace. 
It says that we are called to cast our cares on him. A lot of translations would say cast your anxieties on him. But when we are prideful, when we believe that we have it all figured out, that we can handle it, we are ruining our peace. That pride ruins our peace. The opportunity that we get submitting our anxieties to God. Pride takes those and it ruins our peace. And then lastly, pride robs us of a greatest of the greatest experience, and that is the care of God. That it says casting all your cares, casting all, all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares about you. The creator of the universe, the one who knits you together in your mother's womb, cares for you deeply. But when we try to be try to handle life by ourselves, when we are prideful, we are not fully receiving the gift offered to us. So pride dishonors the might of God, it destroys us, it ruins our peace, and it robs us of the greatest experience, the care of God. So that is those are some of the whys. Why do we avoid pride? But what are some of the answers on how we avoid pride? Again, this is going to be kind of rapid fire. And again, this is not the the solve-all, be-all solution. I'm not giving you a a three-step program on how you can avoid pride for the rest of your life. But these are things that will absolutely posture us in a way that, that is humble instead of being prideful. The first one is this, is that we need to make a commitment to prayer. And I know that seems like such a stock pastoral answer, but we need to take time to ask our creator to search our hearts, to help us do a deep dive into who we are and reveal the prideful parts of our lives. Because we rarely will catch pride in ourselves without the Holy Spirit convicting us. Because pride is just so messy and it is such a heart issue. And we rarely see pride in our own lives. We need God to point it out, we need to be convicted of areas where we are carrying pride. So we need to make a commitment to prayer, to stepping before our creator and say, Lord, like, search my heart, know me. Point out any wayward way within me because I want to be who you've called me to be. So one of the ways that we avoid pride is to make a commitment to prayer. Secondly, look at the example of Jesus. Look to Jesus. That should be a stock answer for every sermon ever, that we get to look at the example of Jesus. Just put, fix your eyes on Jesus. And Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3 says exactly that. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. Focus on Jesus so that you won't grow weary and give up. So we look at the example of Jesus. If anyone in human history history had the right to be proud, it was Jesus, right? He never sinned. He was fully God, but he was fully man. He was tempted in every single way. He is not naive to the things that we go through, but he is the pioneer of our faith. He is the perfecter of our faith, and he endured the cross for us, right? I just think about specific examples throughout scripture that Jesus, God incarnate, allowed himself to be baptized by John the Baptist. That Jesus, God incarnate, God made man, washed the feet of his disciples. That Jesus endured the mocking and the shame of crucifixion when he didn't have to do that. That is humility personified. So we get to look at the example of Jesus. How do we avoid pride? Man, we just become more like Jesus. How do we do anything We just try to become a little bit more like Jesus. Another way that we can avoid pride is to appreciate the body of Christ. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. The body of Christ has many parts. We get to appreciate the body of Christ. When you honor how other people were created to operate in the kingdom of God, when we honor that, when we appreciate that, when we respect that, we don't envy that. We don't judge that. We, we avoid pride of saying, well, at least I'm not like that. Or this is, these are my gifts and my talents, and those things are better than that person's, and this is how I am, this is how I'm wired, and this is better. I'm extroverted, they're introverted, or vice versa, or whatever it may be, that we get to be people who appreciate the body of Christ for what it is, this beautiful representation of who God is. Also, when we appreciate the body of Christ, when we live in healthy relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ, we get the fun, exciting opportunity to point out pride in other people's lives and allow people to point out pride in our own lives. Because like we said, pride is really hard to see in our own life. Sometimes we need somebody to say, hey man, I think that you're being a little prideful in that area. Oh, oh don't, don't say that. That's not true. Like, wait, think about the words that you're using. Hey, I've noticed the way that you interact around this group of people. You're a little bit prideful. feels a little bit cocky, whatever it may be. That we get to be people who, if we appreciate the body of Christ, who get to point out and receive correction from other followers of Jesus. What an incredible opportunity. Uh, next, listen well. Listen well, James chapter 1, 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. I think one of the defining characteristics of our world today is to have lots of opinions and not a lot of time or patience to listen to others' opinions. A huge way that we can avoid pride is to sit with people. Sit with people. And actually listen, actually hear their stories, hear their opinions, hear their views, all of those things. One of the things that we can do to avoid pride is to listen well. A really tangible uh, representation of this, a story from my own life, is that when I was in high school, I made friends from lots of different backgrounds. I stepped into public high school out of homeschool and I uh, didn't know a lot of people, but I'm super extroverted, so I made lots of different friends. And I remember as a 15-year-old who loved Jesus a lot, but who struggled a lot with comparison and judgment and, and envy and all of those different things. I remember making specific friendships. And there's one friendship that really st- sticks out to me where I would I would judge and I'd be like, why do you do the things that you do the way that you do them? And why why does your car look like that? And why is this? And I just had all these different things. And there was judgment and there was pride because I would be like, man, man, my car, my car as a freshman is nicer than his as a sophomore. Like that is good for me. Like high five me. And oh man, like why is his, why does clothes look like that? And like, I didn't come from money at all, but I didn't come from poverty either. And I was just like, man, he wore that same fit like yesterday. And I think the day before that and like all of these different things. And then I remember having this specific interaction where I was invited to his home and I walked into his home And there was still judgment in me, but I sat in his living room and listened to his mom and his aunt tell story after story after story of their heritage, of their ancestors, of of so many of these beautiful things that that had happened in their lives and so many really hard things that happened in their lives. I just got to interact with these women who I was just like, oh my gosh, you guys are blowing my mind. And it wasn't intentional, but I couldn't help but listen. I didn't go into it with like, hey man, listen really well. I just felt like I, I would be stupid to speak right now. I just need to listen to these amazing women tell their amazing stories. And it just wrecked me and changed the way that I looked at people. I am far from imperfect and I still find myself stumbling in lots of different ways. But what I learned in that moment is that I should listen so well. 
that James chapter one, verses 19 through 20, that, that idea of being quick to listen and slow to speak, man, that, that needs to be a defining factor of who we are as followers of Jesus. And it will be a huge way in how we avoid pride. Next, we can be people who pursue love. We avoid pride by pursuing love. First Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through five. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it is not boastful, it is not arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Sometimes we relegate this verse to, to someone, one that you read at weddings, but it applies to all of our human re- relationships. Because here's the truth. We are called to pursue love, but we cannot pursue love if we are rooted in pride. We cannot pursue love if we are rooted in pride. If we are so wrapped up in a life that is so extremely self-focused, we will never be able to love those around us like we are called to. We cannot pursue love if we are rooted in pride. So let's be people who pursue love, who listen well, who appreciate the body of Christ, who look at the example of Jesus, who make a commitment to prayer. If we made those types of commitments, we would become people who are far less prideful. Okay, so we made a short attempt to answer the whys, the hows of avoiding pride, and I want to end with this, a hope. If we can become individuals who can avoid pride, if we can become a community that avoids pride, a hopeful result would be one found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 8. It simply says this, Mockers inflame a city, but the wise turn away anger. And this is what it's trying to communicate. Prideful people produce problems. Wise people, postured in humility, produce peace. And we want to be people who produce peace, not problems. The last point is this, is that we are called to be peacemakers and peace bringers. Our goal is to be a people who take all the focus off of ourselves and place it back on Jesus. If we can step out of our humanity and do that on a regular basis, we become a peaceful presence in every arena of our lives, in our workplaces, in our families, if we're going to school. We become a peaceful presence, and we want to be a peaceful presence. We want to be somebody who brings peace to situations. When people come to us, they're like, man, they don't always have all the answers, but I always feel comfortable to ask hard questions, to have important conversations. They are a peace-bringing person. We are not producing problems. Our pride will produce problems. But if we have humility, we are posturing ourselves in a way that produces peace, not problems. And who doesn't want to be in a relationship with people who bring peace? We all want to have people in our lives that bring peace. And we want to be that for the people around us. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.